Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is TTS Thursday number 13. Today's topic is active or passive recoveries between intervals, but before we get into that, big thanks to our sponsors. First we have Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Precision Hydration create electrolytes that you can use to match your individual sweat sodium concentration and you can do that with the help of Precision Hydration's free online sweat test that gives you a great ballpark estimate for how much sodium you lose in your sweat and then by adequately replacing that sodium you lose can in particular in longer events and especially if they're hot and humid really help maintain performance and prevent you from uh, from seeing big performance decrements and even potentially cramps. You can get 15% off your order of precision hydration electrolytes with the promo code DEATTRIATHLONSHOW15. And don't forget that you can also book a free 20-minute consultation with the team at Precision Hydration to discuss your hydration questions and strategy. And big thanks to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Roka are the world-leading manufacturers of wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear and prescription glasses and sunglasses. Whether you're looking for a really highly performing wetsuit, trisuit or perhaps even just a new pair of prescription glasses uh, that is really stylish and uh, comfortable and functional, Roka have you covered. All of their products uh, include a really great amount of research and development behind them. They are really innovative and they are designed to be best in class in each particular product category. And as a user experience, uh, I have used many Roka products and they are always fantastic, a joy to use for uh, the end user. You can get 20% off your entire Roka order with a promo code that you can get on roka.com forward slash TTS. Now, just one quick thing before we get into the topic. Uh, if you are a long-time listener of the podcast, and if you haven't already, then a rating and a review for the podcast would be really fantastic if you could just take a few minutes to submit that in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast podcasts and uh, where it's possible to rate and review. I know it's not on, available on all platforms, uh, but uh, some platforms do have it and uh, it's possible for anybody to perhaps download iTunes to their computer, even if you're not an Apple user and then just create an account and uh, submit a rating and a review. That's where most people still listen to podcasts, so those reviews have the most impact. All right, now on to today's topic, which is uh, regarding active versus passive recoveries between intervals in workouts. So uh, just to outline what we will talk about today, we will start by talking about the differences in physiological response, uh, as well as differences in simply how the, wor the workout execution will go, resulting from the selection between active or passive recoveries. Then we'll uh, cover the reasons, potential reasons to use passive recoveries and the potential reasons to use active recoveries. And then we'll get into my recommendations, really. And uh, they vary a bit depending on the context, of course. And uh, and it can be quite nuanced. But uh, but to give you some high-level recommendations and some things to think about, uh, we will we'll finish with that too, as the practical takeaways from the episode. I'll try to keep this one quite short and sweet. Uh, I expect it to not be not be too long an episode and and I hope that you enjoy this style as well. We could of course go into looking at all the different studies that have compared uh, active and passive recoveries, but uh, that's not really the aim of this episode. It's uh, to be quite practical and easy to to digest and overview. So uh, so so I think that it won't be a super long episode, but I hope that it will be super useful regardless. 
Now, before we get into the differences between uh, the response to active or passive recoveries in workouts, let's first give a little bit of an introduction uh, and uh, the main reasons that I want to talk about this topic. First of all, uh, one of the main reasons is the personal experience that I have uh, having done quite a bit more passive recoveries myself in training, uh, in particular in running uh, in recent months, but also in certain specific workouts in cycling and uh, how I have found that to be really, really useful. And uh, that really led me to dive a bit deeper into looking at the different pros and cons of each and uh, that has led to this episode. The second reason is that I'm currently rereading the great book Science and Application of High Intensity Interval Training by Paul Larson and Martin Boucher. I'll link to the book in the show notes. And Paul Larson is a previous guest on the podcast. He has done uh, three episodes. So if you go to scientifictriathlon.com and write Paul Larson in the search bar, you can find all of his previous episodes where we we have talked about interval training and all of the different variables that go into designing interval workouts, including recoveries, which is of course, the topic of today. So I am revisiting that book at the moment, and uh, that naturally led to me read, rereading some of the stuff about active and passive recoveries and uh, brought it front of mind, which is another reason that I decided to talk about this today. Now, how we traditionally use uh, recoveries in as triathletes is um, it depends on the sport, be- because in swimming, recoveries tend to be passive by default. Whereas in cycling and running, there is there is a choice, of course. In cycling, it depends on the terrain. Like If you're doing your intervals up uh, a sustained hill, uh, and rather than turning back down after each interval, you just keep going up and recover by just pedaling easier, then uh, you still have to pedal to, to not fall or start rolling down the hill again. So so that then there's not necessarily that much of a choice, but if you're doing them on flat terrain or you're doing your intervals on the indoor trainer, then of course you have a choice of doing them passive or almost completely passive, maybe just uh, a few light turns of the pedals to, to keep going and make sure you don't lose all your speed and fall if you're riding outdoors on the flats. And in running, of course, it is very easy to just choose passive or active recoveries, whichever you see fit. And by the way, in this context, I will treat walking recoveries in running as passive, but it is different from active in that in active recoveries, I assume that you're at least jogging slowly. The way that most triathletes, however, seem to be using recoveries is that what I see is that a lot of athletes always default to active recoveries rather than passive recoveries. And while it is definitely the right way to go in certain context, contexts, in other cases, I think that passive recoveries may actually be the better choice. And that is what I hope to bring some attention to with uh, this episode. Uh, one more note here in cycling. So I mentioned that in running, I consider walking to be passive recovery. In cycling, I also consider passive recoveries to be just super light spinning to uh, either just keep you moving if you're out on the flat roads to, to make sure that you don't like fall, fall down because of losing all your speed or on the indoor trainer just for keeping your legs moving but without actually pushing. So uh, just for argument's sake, let's, let's say that passive recoveries would be anything below um, 25-20% of your, of your FTP or, or something, something, something like that, I would say. Uh, So anyway, let's move on to discussing the differences in physiological response resulting from active versus passive recoveries. The first one is that there will be a difference in how intensely 
you can work in your work intervals uh, depending on whether you choose active versus passive recoveries if you choose passive recoveries you can simply work harder in the work intervals than you could if you uh, were to choose active recoveries and uh, that can be a very important thing uh, depending on what your workout structure is also uh, there can be a difference in the total work done in the work intervals and this applies mostly when we're doing things basically to exhaustion so in a research setting this has been shown again many many times maybe it's less uh, less valid in practice because quite often our workouts are predefined we have a predefined number of intervals uh, that we want to be doing but that doesn't always apply and it doesn't have to apply sometimes we might have a workout one example that i have done several times is on the bike to do one minute really hard intervals it might be for me 110 115 percent of threshold uh, do that for one minute and then recover passively for 30 seconds and then do that to exhaustion uh, so as long as you can go and if you do active recoveries instead of passive recoveries you really really reduce and i have tested this you really reduce the number of intervals that you're able to do in that workout and therefore for the total work done through those work intervals so so your exercise capacity again referring just to the work intervals part of the workout can be greatly reduced with with active recoveries so so if we are looking at what is it that we actually achieve in the intervals passive recoveries can be beneficial but of course that's not that's only one aspect we need to look at the entire aspect of of the workout so uh, so keep that in mind as well even though this sounds pretty promising for passive recoveries so far but the next uh, thing is that the average pace uh, or average power and possibly the overall work done might be higher with active recoveries. It's not always the case, but it might be simply because instead of just standing still, we might be easily jogging between our intervals. And especially if we have a predefined set of intervals that we're going to do anyway, we're going to do, uh, let's say, six times three minutes uh, then and we're doing all of them and we do them with with three minutes recovery active versus passive then of course the average pace uh, through that uh, that time period is going to be higher when you do your active recovery versus your passive recovery because even though you might be going slightly slower in the work intervals uh, it is a much bigger difference to be jogging versus just standing still or walking in the active recoveries so so in a sense there you do a more total work over the course over the course of the entire interval workout when you include both intervals and recoveries in there now the next uh, thing the next difference is uh, the replenishment of the anaerobic energy stores or your w prime essentially and this applies when intervals are done above threshold uh, i should clarify when you do passive recoveries you replenish those anaerobic stores much quicker and therefore for a fixed uh, time in, of the rest interval they can be replenished more fully compared to using active uh, active recoveries and this of course can be important again because it increases this is the reason that exercise capacity really is increased with passive with passive recoveries because you are whenever you're going above threshold you are going to be draining that anaerobic battery that w prime 
as as it's called and uh, and if you can replenish it more fully between intervals then it's going to take you longer until you full until you deplete it and therefore cannot go as hard anymore and have to have to go go slower to until you have more anaerobic energy available so and and this difference can be quite big in and especially depending on how just how hard or how intense your active recoveries are and that's something to consider as well is it a really really easy jog or spin or is it actually going at kind of more of a zone two intensity where which can be reasonably high and and really limit the replenishment rate of your anaerobic energy stores so again this comes back really to exercise capacity how important is it for you to be able to do the work intervals hard and uh, to do a lot of them and this is again applies especially if you're doing you're not necessarily working to a fixed number of intervals it might even be that you're saying that okay i'm going to do between eight and ten intervals today depending on how i feel well if you choose passive recoveries you're much more likely to be able to do 10 rather than eight and if you choose active you're more likely to do eight rather than 10 all else being equal the next uh, thing to consider here and again this applies mostly for intervals that are above threshold where we might be targeting a vo2 max response to get your oxygen uptake to a level that is close to your vo2 max and thereby stimulate an improvement in vo2 max we talk about time at vo2 max which usually refers to actually time where you that you spend at 90 percent or higher of your vo2 max not actually quite at vo2 max so one of the reasons for using active recoveries that is uh, touted a lot and that there is some truth to is that if you're using active recoveries you don't let your oxygen uptake your vo2 plummet as much during those recoveries so it starts from a higher baseline when you start your next interval and in that next interval it then takes takes you a shorter time to get up to that 90 percent of vo2 level where we think that you get the biggest adaptation to the workout however there are some conflicting results in the literature about this as well uh, one recent uh, recent research article which was actually summarized on the hit science blog in march or april i believe i, I will look it up and link to it in the show notes they, they showed that even though uh, vo2 really did fall much lower with act- passive recoveries compared to active recoveries because the participants were able to do the work intervals harder when they had passive recoveries vo2 did recover quickly not as quickly as when using active recoveries but it ended up actually recovering or going up to a higher level with those uh, passive recoveries because they, this allowed the participants to work at a higher intensity in the intervals so the total time at at 90 and 95 percent of vo2 max was uh, was the same in both conditions uh, however there were some other advantages of passive recoveries which uh, we we will get to next but uh, this just goes to show that yes there is an argument that in certain types of intervals uh, time at vo2 max can be increased by using active recoveries and and i would say and this is also something that is pointed out in the science and application of high intensity interval training where paul larsen and martin boucher summarize all of the research when intervals are quite short let's say one minute and shorter then it might make sense to use active recoveries although the personal example i mentioned from the uh, from the one minute cycling intervals with 30 second passive recoveries i think that if you 
when the when the work to rest ratio is pretty high so in that case a two to one work to rest ratio i think you get the same effect but if you're using a one-to-one work to rest ratio definitely active recoveries might be better for achieving a high time at vo2 max but then for longer intervals let's say anything two minutes or longer and when when the rest intervals are two to three minutes no no more than that then it might make sense to use passive recoveries because actually the fact that you're able to work at a higher intensity then allows your VO2 to still reach the same if not higher levels than it does with active recoveries and you get the same total t- time at VO2 max anyway. So so that is one of the important uh, KPIs I, I would say of, of intervals done above threshold and uh, and really it can go both ways. So So as long as you are smart about how you design the workout in terms of the duration of the intervals and the work to rest ratios then passive recoveries can work equally well if not better than active recoveries also uh, just to briefly touch on oxygen saturation we definitely see a bigger desaturation and or less resaturation during rest intervals when using active recoveries versus passive recoveries and we usually don't necessarily look at oxygen saturation in itself as a KPI of of intervals, but it it has it is basically correlated with the VO2 response that we already talked about, as well as the replenishment of anaerobic energy stores that we already talked about. So a faster um, a faster resaturation would mean that we have a greater replenishment of anaerobic energy stores, and less resaturation would mean that we have a very limited replenishment of anaerobic energy stores, and uh, vice versa with VO2, less resaturation, more desaturation. Uh, means that the vo2 remains more elevated in the rest intervals but uh, basically this has been in studies that measure oxygen saturation this is what we see as uh, see as well in conjunction with the the other two factors and then finally blood lactate uh, we this is where we have some mixed results as well sometimes we see that end blood lactate values after the workout are higher with active recoveries but sometimes we actually see that it's higher with passive recoveries including that study i mentioned that is written about on on hitscience.com on the on the blog just because of the fact that you're able to go harder uh, another thing with with blood lactate is that especially in based on modeling data we have heard advice and uh, and it's something that i think is talked about quite a bit that you should do active recoveries between intervals to more rapidly eliminate eliminate lactate from the blood and and that that would be hel- helpful but first of all we don't have any evidence that that higher blood lactate is necessarily in the blood is necessarily a bad thing second of all uh, we have to acknowledge that blood lactate and uh, and muscle lactate is different blood lactate is a systemic measure and how it relates to the actual milieu in the muscles is not very clear cut and uh, and of course a higher blood lactate means that you're closer to maybe a point where you have to slow down because uh, because of um, metabolic byproducts and acidosis and so on but but it's not completely clear cut that relationship so basically two points about blood lactate first of all uh, in the literature we see mixed results in some studies lactate is higher at the end of in many studies lactate is higher at the end of of uh, a workout with active recovery versus passive recovery and this would seem to go against that advice that well active recoveries are used to eliminate lactate more quickly uh, and uh, even though this is uh, this there are conflicting results about this 
basically what it means is that it's, it's it's a wash for me like we can't really say anything clearly but second of all we don't really know that eliminating that lactate is beneficial from a training perspective or that it helps us uh, increase exercise capacity or or anything like that. Uh, that that's not something that has been shown directly as far as i'm aware at least so those were the things, uh, the main things to that are different and that are impacted by the selection between active and passive recoveries. So let's discuss why you should use passive recoveries. First of all, if we are after maximal recruitment uh, and maximal muscle recruitment and, and using a maximal number of motor units, then we should use passive recoveries. This comes back to the higher intensity that we're able to do in those intervals. If we are doing a higher intensity, we need to recruit more muscle fibers and we can get a maximum amount of those motor units, including the fast twitch fibers involved in the work itself. And uh, related to this, we can also get VO2 to a higher level. And uh, yes, it might take a bit longer because it's starting from a lower level than if we're using, uh, using active recoveries, but we can probably get a, a higher VO2 response when we are actually working at a higher intensity. So these two things are, question mark, potentially really important for uh, a stronger adaptation signal. And that's at least what uh, Paul Paul Lars and Martin Boucher write in the Science and Application of High-Intensity Interval Training. A second reason to use passive recoveries is that if we are working near our maximal capacity, so this is one of those really hard interval sessions, let's say your session RPE is kind of at a 9 out of 10 or even a 10 out of 10, then it is likely that passive recoveries will significantly increase the work capacity that you have at at that sort of level. So maybe it means that you can do more intervals or simply it is another way of saying that yeah, you can work more intensely in those intervals. So the oral work done in the work intervals is higher, which goes back to point number one with maximal recruitment. But but I think the important thing here is that if we are flexible with the range of intervals we're using, so let's say you don't necessarily use a perfectly fixed number, but you might say that, okay, I'm going to do between 8 and 10 intervals. Uh, and on a good day, you know that you could probably do just about do 10. And on a not so good day, you can do 8. Then you're much more likely to reach that highest level, 10 intervals instead of 8, by using passive recoveries and well that is likely to lead to a stronger adaptation signal to do more work at that really high intensity and finally this is an interesting one as well but overall the session rpe when using passive recoveries uh, has been shown in research to generally be lower than when using active recoveries i definitely from a personal anecdotal perspective agree with this Uh, and even though you are working really hard in those intervals and rpe interval to interval is higher when using passive recoveries because you're working at a higher intensity session rpe ends up being lower because you do get that reset where you can you can really just rest and and not do anything so so that is that is not to be underestimated i think if you can do if you can do really hard workouts with really quality workouts with a slightly lower session rpe then you can do them possibly more frequently and and do them better and not have it be psychologically taxing if anything now reasons to use active recoveries include for example if we are not working near maximal capacity if we're able to do whatever we have prescribed for ourselves or our coach has prescribed perhaps we have a fixed number of intervals on the schedule and we also have a a target or or a cap even like we don't want to go above this certain power or this certain pace so so our 
workout is very specifically targeted and we know that we can achieve that with active recoveries of course then we can also achieve it with passive recoveries but if we can achieve it with active recoveries and we're not at our maximal capacity then using active recoveries makes sense because you you do a more a stronger a bigger amount of work over the course of the entire workout uh, even though the you have the same total work in the actual work intervals so that will then probably slightly increase your uh, your adaptive signal because you can get some of those benefits of for example vo2 not falling as much in the rest intervals as it would be would do would be doing with passive recoveries and then perhaps you can get more time at vo2 max now whether that is the best way to train or the best way to do intervals or whether you should just when you're doing high intense intervals go at sort of your best effort for the day on over the prescription of the of the workout that is something that can be debated for a long time honestly and in some cases it probably is a good way and in in other cases it it probably isn't really depends on where you are in your season what you're trying to achieve and so on but uh, but it's something that can happen it's it's a scenario that that definitely uh, is applicable and not unrealistic so so in these cases uh, it definitely would make sense to use active recoveries now a second reason to use active recoveries is if we're really time poor and need a, a very short but still effective workout like we don't have a lot of time then yes it does make sense to to do active recoveries perhaps we have we have time to do only a 30 minute workout on the day and we need to do a bit of warm-up before doing our intervals and we maybe want to get in a five minute cool down so let's say 10 minute warm-up five minute cool down and we have 15 minutes to do a main set and we want to achieve some uh, 10 minutes of time at vo2 max almost or at least getting close to that so then i would say that it absolutely makes sense to use active recoveries and perhaps we would do something as simple as five times two minutes as as hard as we can with one minute of active recovery in between because the main set there is relatively short uh, only 10 minutes of work intervals and five minutes of active recovery we can probably achieve a, a reasonably high time at vo2 max there if the main set was longer let's say we're doing 10 times two minutes on and, and maybe we can have two minutes off then we can probably re- reach a much higher intensity with passive recoveries and maybe get a better time at vo2 max that way but when we have a limited time then those active recoveries can help expedite the vo2 response and and therefore get a better adaptive signal and finally if we want to simulate something an actual race scenario or cl- more closely anyway simulate what happens in a race and for example we could think about well if i'm a cyclist and i know that in the last uh, 30 minutes of the race i usually have to expend a certain number of kilojoules within that 30 minutes then using active recoveries makes more sense if we're trying to simulate a, a similar amount of kilojoules spent within 30 minutes in an interval workout so so that's just one example but uh, but when we're talking about race scenarios there are very few sports or disciplines where recoveries would be passive so so for many most endurance sports anyway using active recoveries would be a better simulation of what happens on race day even if we're talking about the triathlon and we're trying to do race based intervals for let's say an olympic distance triathlon then jogging between your your olympic distance race pace for a running workout would would be would feel much more like the actual race than walking or standing so in terms of race simulation it makes sense to use uh, use active recoveries now let's move on to the recommendation then so 
first of all, for intervals that are done above threshold, we can maybe uh, we can maybe categorize these intervals into two categories: long intervals, which would be two minutes and longer, and short intervals, which would be one minute and shorter. And I realized that that puts <laughs> a bit of a gray zone there between one minute and two minutes, but let's just leave it there. Uh, if we're doing two minutes and longer intervals, then my recommendation would be to use passive intervals, uh, but keep the rests at most two to three minutes long. If they are longer than that, they would probably be better be active recoveries. But a good best practice for running would be two minutes of walking. Uh, for cycling, it would be just two minutes of super easy coasting, that sort of 25% of FTP spinning, uh, just to keep keep moving. For those shorter one-minuters and so on, uh, the general recommendation might be to use active intervals, but as I said, sometimes passive can be even better. For example, if we're doing a maximal effort, like just how many how many intervals can you complete? You're doing the workout to exhaustion, which was the example that I gave that I've, I've been trying to do every once in a while. Uh, so, so then, yeah, then passive recoveries make sense. But for most short hit, as we might call it, one minute and shorter intervals, active recoveries might be the better way to go but just how hard you do those active recoveries i would say it would be inversely related to the intensity of the work so if you're doing some really hard let's say 30 second intervals that end up being at a very high intensity then those active recoveries can be really quite easy active uh, active recoveries if you're doing some one minuters that are more uh, of a high intensity but but not quite as high then then the active recoveries can be uh, like a little bit higher than, than in the previous example so inversely related to the intensity of the work intervals now if we're doing intervals right around our threshold uh, then i would say and this is just my personal recommendation i i think it depends on how close this workout is to your capacity if it is a key workout where you'll be performing at threshold for a significant amount of time you know it's going to be a really tough one that you'll really have to fight for to be able to get through then I'm becoming more and more of the opinion that passive recovery would be the way to go. And especially so with running, I think it makes the biggest difference. But but also in cycling, I think it makes a surprisingly big difference to be at 25% of FTP compared to 50% or 60%. Uh, so, so I think that if you're doing a hard, a really hard threshold workout, try to try passive recoveries at least and see how you go and you might be surprised by how much more work and how much better you can perform in that workout if however it's a threshold workout that is again manageable it's within what you know you can handle uh, without too much trouble then yes it makes sense to go for active recoveries because you just get in a bit more work overall uh, as part of that workout now intervals below threshold uh, and uh, these are of course, aspects that are not really discussed so much in research because we're mostly talking about high-intensity intervals in research and also it's not discussed in the science and application of high-intensity interval training. So this is just my my opinion and my anecdotal and experience-based uh, approach. But, uh, but when we're talking about these types of workouts like sweet spot on the bike or sort of high tempo on the run, then passive recoveries can still be beneficial if it is a workout that is performed at close to your capacity as described above like you're just doing a really high number of or like high total duration of sweet spot work for example on quite short recoveries then why not go for passive because your focus is the intervals themselves not the recoveries but uh, that said 
for these types of intervals, it's not that common to do these workouts quite to capacity or as a max effort. They are often like we have a specific power or pace target and we have a specific number or amount of work that we try to hit. So so quite often in these cases, go for active recoveries if it doesn't hurt your performance of executing the workout you have intended. And because then you get you get the, that slightly higher overall metabolic work and a higher overall workload for the workout. And then when you have only a short time to train, so for example, you have a 30 minute time window instead of 50 to 60 minutes, and therefore your main set of intervals will also be shortened, then I think it makes sense to use active recoveries to make the most out of that short set and get a try to get a high VO2 response. But it's still important to consider how your choice of recovery impacts the overall adaptations. So maybe within that 30-minute window, you actually manage to get in 20 minutes of a main set and you're doing longer intervals. Let's say you're doing three-minute intervals with one-minute recoveries and you can do, uh, what is it, five of those. Then with the high work to rest ratio and the long duration of the of the intervals it really would make sense to do passive recoveries so so it depends on the workout structure in many ways but generally speaking in a lot of cases when you only have a short time to train uh, those active recoveries might might be a good choice now final recommendation and perhaps the most important one is experiment as i said i think that a lot of triathletes by default to using active recoveries but uh, this is something that you can easily just experiment with and and simply see what feels best for you where do you perform the best and and how do you think that that might impact your adaptations uh, at the end of the day i think adaptations are to a pretty large extent just depending on the performance in workouts so that is a case a strong case for passive recoveries no matter what the type of workout is uh, as long as you're you're not you know capping yourself to this is what i'm going for today in terms of power or pace but you're you're basically doing pretty close to your best effort for whatever the duration of intervals is so experiment try both passive and active recoveries for different types of intervals and see what you feel uh, feels like you get the best bang for buck in terms of the workout there isn't a right or wrong answer um, so yeah you, you just see what what you think might work best in your context i'm not going to do any summary uh, really for this episode as i have done in previous tts first days uh, because those recommendations that i just gave here that is basically in my opinion the summary of this episode how to practically use passive and active recoveries so that's it for this episode i hope you enjoyed it it was uh, it wasn't as short and sweet as I thought it would be, but uh, but I hope that you got uh, a lot out of it and that it was still easy enough to digest and take action on. Tune in on Monday for an interview that I did with Jamie Pringle on physiology, coaching and aerodynamics. It was a really good discussion with Jamie, so I hope to that you tune in then. And if you're looking for training plans or coaching services, be sure to check out scientifictriathlon.com. We cater to athletes of all levels, from beginners to professionals. Uh, so check that out and reach out if you want to learn more. Finally, thank you to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Go and get a free hydration plan and get 15% off your electrolyte order with the promo code DEATTRIATHLONSHOW15. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Check out their wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear and prescription glasses and sunglasses and get 20% off your order with the promo code roka.com forward slash TTS. Thank you, as always, for listening. 
Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.